You're listening to the American Soccer Analysis Show. Dude, you're, you're the Tommy McNamara of podcasting. It's great. Thank you. Wait, what? With your hosts, Ian Lamberson. If you say one more bad thing about Mike Grella, I'm going to cut you. And Harrison Crow. Patrick Mullins is what happens when you least expect it. And yes, welcome to the American Soccer Analysis Show. I'm your host, Ian. With me today, as always, Kieran, Kingmaker Doyle, and Harrison, Hit Fire Crow. How you guys doing? Oh, I like it. You like Hit Fire? Shoot from the hip? Those takes out? I like it. I like it. Yeah, I think that's good. That's that's stellar. Is that the one? Sure. Harrison, when when are we going to come up with a nickname for Ian? That's a good point. It doesn't work if you use my, like, um, my, uh, uh, alliteration method just because there's not an E. I guess you could do like E and with the E instead of the I. That might work a little bit. Yeah, I, did. I guess that is kind of hard to do. Yeah. Well, you guys think about it, you know, uh, just brainstorm on it. Ideate. Yeah, that's one. Yeah, ideation. I don't know. I don't like it. Um, Major League Soccer, guys. How would Wrexham do in Major League Soccer? <laughs> That's a good, uh, very a question worth two thousand words. That's for sure. <laughs> I uh, I had an answer to that question, and um, I guess Taylor Twelman enjoyed it because he retweeted it, and so my whole day has been uh, listening to Wrexham fans <laughs> tell me I don't oh, know no. anything about soccer. Oh no! Wow. Uh, the uh, people really like uh, Wrexham. Um, theoretically, I think, but like, I, I just think it's so weird to me that, I mean, what's not like to, what is not to like about two celebrities going over and pouring a bunch of money and becoming (laughs) a great team? Like, like what's, what's not to like about this is the problem. Everybody skips that part of this quote unquote fairy tale story, right? Where it's like, this isn't an unusual thing. Like they didn't, they're not succeeding because their community is great or because their fans are so passionate or because they've got this manager that's just coming up with a way they're doing it with a sledgehammer the same way that every team does it. And we usually don't like that. Like, you know, Manchester city is a very successful team and you can't argue with that in any way, shape or form, but I don't think anybody has any romantic notions about their rise. Right. Like <laughs> it doesn't no, it's, feel- it's, in a lot of ways, it is very reminiscent to man, how man city rose, except for the differences, recognizable figures within the executive staff. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like if this was just, I don't know. Are there like, more minor oil guys. Like I know that like you can like Sheik Mansoor and like guys of that caliber that can buy Manchester city. Right. But they're like lower, like lower level ones that would just buy like a EF, like a, like a national league club or whatever. It's, it's right? not, it's not a, a Saudi oil. Sheik. it's like 
an Exxon Mobil executive or yeah, something. Or it's just like, well, okay, so this is this is where this is where I I will, I will defend the Rex. A minor one, right? Like, what, if it were that, no one would think this was a good story. But because we like Ryan Reynolds because he's funny in the movies, and we like Rob McElhaney because he's funny in the TV shows, we just kind of go like, it's really cool, and it's a really cool story. But it is just two guys that are really rich outspending their competition by an exponential degree. So I do. Well, I do think there's like. I, I do think there's a point where like they will get high enough that it will cease being. Oh my God, this is so sweet. Like, so right now they're outspending the rest of the league by like three to four times. Like they have a premier league goalkeeper who's on, like by far the highest paid player in the division. They have like multiple players that they outbid league one and lower end championship clubs for. And it's like, okay, because none of us have ever heard of Ben Tozer. Like a lot of Paul Mullen, none of us have ever heard of these players, but let's say eventually they get up to like the lower end of the championship and Wrexham are, are paying like, yeah, we'll spend $15 million on whoever, if they ever get there and are willing to spend that money, whatever. Uh, that, and we're like, hey, we're going to buy this Premier League player. People are going to be pretty miffed. Yeah, yeah it's sort of. It's going to give you like that. Yeah. And like, I understand that it's a really interesting story now. But like that, this isn't like football manager where you're going to see like this team like get promoted every single year like that's just not a, a realistic notion and at some point this story is going to get very boring like when they get to the championship and get stuck there for like 11 years right yeah you, the, the thing is you you might see like they very well could do a double promotion though yeah like the, the national league only promotes so few teams and is actually quite difficult to get out of so it's yeah for sure not super uncommon to hit the double promotion but then, yeah, you're right. Like the championship is a hellhole. It's brutal. Like that's the yeah. hardest thing to get out of. Like that is a hard. That's one of the hardest leagues in the world, just because of like the. It's punishing. It lasts forever. There's a million games. There's so, so two, little. Like yeah. Two things. Number one, we took our shot, so I will give them. They are. They are like what community owned. So it's not necessarily that they bought this team. They injected money. They, they, they bought money into this, uh, into this organization that is community owned. So it, it, it's nice to take some, some shots. It is a good story that it is local, but because of that, they do have a hard cap or I shouldn't say a hard cap. They have a soft cap for how high they're going to go. And you guys are 100% right on that. Because they're not going to continue. And I don't think that it's intended necessarily to to go into the Premier League and compete against billionaire, you know, trillionaire sheiks. Like, it's just, it's not necessarily meant to be that. This is just supposed to be able to raise a club up from what it was back into, you know, what it can potentially, you know, back into that framework you know the soccer framework of uh of the championship and stuff and to be clear if you're a lifelong fan of Rexon and like you are in the Rexon community i'm not i this is not criticizing enjoying this because i'm sure it's incredible fun and and and, and i'm i'm very legitimately sincerely happy for you but like this whole uh, global fan base thing that, that it's being bandied about right now. It's just not built to last like that. Like, I just don't think that your average fan that's tuning in because like, it's kind of an interesting story right now is going to be there for like the 10 to 11 year long haul that like even the most optimistic 
uh, like forecast about how long it will take them to be like a global like name um, would legitimately take, in my opinion. So uh, I, I think people just need to kind of calm down. <laughs> just chill out. I have, I have one like actual Wrexham question. Yeah, sure. Like how rich are they? Because, like, I think about, like, so Bournemouth and Brighton are, like, if you want comparables, like, Bournemouth and Brighton both went down to either bottom of League One or, like, top of League Two Mm -hmm. and then came back up to the Premier League. But Brighton are owned by, like, a gambling billionaire magnate who spent so much money. And Bournemouth were owned by, like, a hedge fund. Yeah. And, again, spent so much money to get themselves back up. So I'm, like... I like I so what like when I said in my head, oh yeah, and then they're gonna buy a fifteen million pound Premier League player. My first thought to me saying that was like, do they have like the bread for that? Uh, he, I think Ryan Reynolds is doing pretty good. I think you know he's got his other business interests. Um, I think I read somewhere he's worth like a couple hundred million dollars, which is significantly more than I will ever amount. But that, but that's like, <laughs> but that's like couple couple hundred million dollars is like by far the poorest owner in the Premier League. Yeah, it would be yeah, like not at all. They would at some point if they wanted to compete like at a Premier League level, they would require either the club to start generating an heretofore unseen amount of like independent revenue for a club market that size, or they would need like another outside investment or another owner to come in at some point up this staircase, I think. At which point maybe you lose that nice hometown shine or whatever. I don't know. Uh just a funny thing I've been thinking and talking about all day. Um, because someone wrote an article that was just like 2,000 words to say, like, not that good. <laughs> That's how they do it in Major <laughs> League Soccer. Maybe they would do okay Major League Soccer if you transported them to Major League Soccer and gave them a couple of years, which is a completely different hypothetical question. Uh, yes, they would do okay if it was a completely different roster with better, more expensive players, for sure. And they I didn't do. have to fly constantly overseas. Yes. Also in this hypothetical, you'd really have to live in an alternate universe where we could just teleport between US soccer cities and Wales. It would be uh, it would be like those uh when you do like a football manager save with the Portuguese team that's in the Azores. Yeah. Or you or, or you take the team in Reunion and, and get them yes. up to Liga. Yes. <laughs> and you're spending more on flights than you are on player wages. Yes. That's the dream. That's just the dream right there. All right. Uh more seriously on the topic of uh major league soccer this week. Uh we do want to talk about uh Real Salt Lake a little bit. We want to talk about the Chicago Fire a little bit. I believe those are our two teams we've got lined up. Um but first, let's talk for a few minutes about a uh, big day for us at American Soccer Analysis. Uh, Elliot McKinley, who is uh, one of our, our best and brightest, uh, dropped his um, annual MLS analytics tier list, uh, which is you know a little bit joking, a little bit serious, uh, but, but always a fun thing. And the response to it has been quite good. And also an anonymous survey, uh, which I thought was kind of cool. Uh, where he contacted the analytics departments of as, as many uh, MLS clubs as he could and asked them some basic questions. And Major League Soccer agrees that finishing is, in fact, a thing. Um, so uh, we do have an answer on that, finally. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't know. Did, you guys, did you guys see anything in either of those that you thought was really cool or interesting? I did really appreciate, though, the fact that it is very contextualized. Yes, it's very clearly a thing. However, comma, 
you know, there are, there are other things that you need to consider along those lines of how valuable that information is and how much, uh, how important it is to you. And I, I think those are, those are similar contexts that we've talked about on here, but a lot of times we just kind of say finishing isn't a thing. And we kind of, <laughs> we, it's more of a joke and a jest at this point in time. Yeah. If it, it's sort of our own meme, except that nobody really thinks it's a meme, but us. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I think I still get people pissed off about that. So it's kind oh, of yeah. fun. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know. Uh, did you guys see anything interesting in there? I thought it was kind of, um, it was nice to see so many ASA alums, uh, you know, that are working at clubs and those clubs have a lot of respect in the, uh, in the analytics world there in major league soccer. I thought that was really cool. Um, uh, Seattle apparently is a very well-respected analytics side, which is great. Makes sense. All the work Robbie and Terry and all of them, you know, have done there. Um, yeah, and to see some like the up-and-comers, like Houston, you know, already starting to get some respect. Uh, it's great. I thought it was really cool. You should. Yeah. You all should check that out. <laughs> I I think like the two most interesting things for me were one seeing how many like quote unquote tier one clubs we have now, and also mm-hmm. that we had our second entrance to the nerd boss tier. Uh-huh. Um, in Colorado, but like I think back to like the first time we did this, and I think there were maybe five or six teams in Tier One, and Tier yep. Zero didn't exist. Um, and Tier Three was a lot bigger, like of having nobody. Um, and, and it's kind of funny. Every year, Elliot puts this out. He gets like lots of angry DMs, being like, "We totally have two people doing this. How did you not <laughs> know that they're not on our website or LinkedIn?" Um, as always the best way to find out information is to post the wrong answer on the internet Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing thing I found really really interesting was how different the like most advanced MLS analytics staff question was versus most teams most incorporating analytics into their processes like the there's a bunch of teams that ranked really really highly for most analytically advanced like tfc were second 70 percent of the entrants were like yeah they're one of the most advanced teams nobody said they were one of the most analytically influenced teams um yeah so i thought that was quite interesting to see like yes there's all this really cool research going on and there's all these amazing people but they're still not um they're still just not that buy-in at organizational level maybe or at least in the opinion of the anonymous analysts. Yeah, and it really does speak to the idea that it doesn't matter. You could have the most brilliant analytic staff in the world, and if nobody on the other side of that is like listening or incorporating that, it really doesn't matter much. And that that's an interesting thing to remember. And I had someone actually text me about that. It was just like, well, but like, does this count if they don't actually listen? <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> The uh, yeah, but you are seeing more and more do it now, and uh, I, I don't know. It's cool. It's a good roundup every year, and I, I'm already looking forward to next year's and seeing like improvements and changes. And uh, yeah, hopefully it gets some people, at least on those teams that aren't you know, uh, <clears throat> just don't really have analytics or that kind of staff or, or any sort of thing like that, or we just don't totally know about yet. Like um, I was surprised to see St. Louis so low. I thought they'd probably have some guys there. So I, I wonder if maybe there's something they're not going on that we don't know about yet, or um, if they're still in the process of kind of ramping that up. So it'll be interesting to see in the year kind of where we're at with that. Yeah, but it's – oh, go ahead. No, no, go. I just was going to say, I think it's kind of interesting that both them and Charlotte have taken their time to start establishing that as far as we know, or at least be uh, transparent about it. 
Um, that's something that I feel like is is something easily uh, established early on within your organization, and it's just a little surprising that you know you see uh, clubs a little bit slow to uh, to get their feet under them. Especially given, especially given like all the potential gains to make from having a, yeah. a, a good analytics department in place when you are going through the expansion process, like you have carte blanche, you actually have zero players on your roster. You have no, you don't have to worry about contacts. You don't have to worry about anything. Like you can just go find the best players with data, yeah, um, and scouting and all that sort of thing. Well, uh, yeah. It, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say the other thing that is really interesting is like the teams actually really care about these rankings. Like there's lots of people from teams posting like we're so proud to be in the top five today. Like San Jose, uh, Lucy Rowland and, and her whole team there, like they didn't have a department 18 months ago. Yeah. And now they're in the top five and they're like, yeah, this is awesome. We're doing a good job. And I think that's really cool. We have like a lot of angry French comments. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but this is this is the thing. Don't do anything. Yeah, like and, and not just because we kind of messed up the logo, which hilarious. We always do that here at Microsoft, and I also forget they rebranded. Uh, but um, people were just genuinely like, "This is bad. This is really upsetting to see. Like, we're doing this poorly, and we're not trying to do anything. To, like, this is something we're leaving on the table. Uh, like, kind of advantage like that. So, I don't think we've ever had so much French in our in our uh, in our mentions before." <laughs> Nice. Maybe yeah. something to think about when we're talking about them in the, in the future. Maybe incorporate, you know, a French speaking section of the podcast. Absolutely not. Gotta get it. Yeah. Parle, parle <laughs> um, all right. Let's, uh, we have two teams this week, right? We're going to, uh, or no, let's, Harrison, you have a guy first, remember? Let's do, let's do, do. remember this guy. Let's I, remember this guy I, segment. Remember this guy. So, uh, this guy was a founding member of New York City. He came over after his rights were bought from Seattle Sounders FC after a pretty good season with the Atlanta Silverbacks. Do you need more clues? Uh, yeah, yes. Definitely. Oh, is it... Uh, is it... Um, wasn't Poku? Wasn't he around Seattle for yeah, a little bit? It was. It was Poku. And, and what was great about Poku, I, I was looking at 2015. He was 16th overall in G+, despite having 1,600 minutes. Everyone else had over 2,000 minutes uh, in the top 20, uh, except for him. And he uh, he had two and a half uh, uh, G+, plus, um, in that time frame. And it was really kind of cool to see him. Uh, he he, he kind of stood up in his in his... 1600 total minutes in uh, 2015 so it was it was kind of cool yeah so what I, what I remember about Poku is just he kind of uh, he became a cult guy like I remember like just people really liked Poku I think the name was fun to say and sing and uh, I think he had some good he was just a good like expansion team guy that, that you everybody everybody loved Poku except for yeah. Patrick Vieira <laughs> <laughs> no, but even then he like played. He played a decent, and they sold him for like a huge fee, didn't they? Yes, yeah, I want to say they sold him to a, a USL or NASL team for like a Miami, right? It was Miami's team at that Miami time. Miami NASL, yeah, yeah. So that was, was a weird what? move for him. Yeah, I thought he was, was it a big fee, or am I going crazy? It was seven hundred k to an NASL team. That's insane. That's it a is. Crazy it amount is. of money they would have spent on it. Um, 
And then I don't, I don't even know what happened to him after that. Last I think I heard, maybe Russia, something like yeah, that. Yeah, he went, he went to Russia for uh, for a season, uh, for two seasons, uh, up until uh, 2020, and then he came back and played for the Rowdies for uh, for a couple of seasons, uh, and then he went and played for a club called Europa FC, and that was the last we heard from him. So played for he, no, but he, is he retired? He's like not that old, is he? Uh, I, I don't know if he's retired. Uh, there is no more information for, for him. So I don't, I don't know if he's retired or not. How, how, how old, old, is, how old he? is he? Yeah. He's maybe 30, maybe 29. Uh, wow. at this point he's 31. 31. Wow. Yeah. I think That's he was a little him. older than people thought when he was in New York. Um, um I mean, not really. If you think about it, you you peel back 2015, and that being you know the year like eight years ago, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's he was still really young. Yeah. I mean, can I can I drop a really embarrassing comment? Sure. Yeah. Okay, so you know how LAFC have Opoku? Yes. Mm-hmm. For like nine months, I thought it was the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I was like, oh, yeah, they have, like, the old NYFC Poku guy. Like, yeah, he was sick. I was like, but I don't remember him being, like, a striker. Like, I don't know what Doyle's talking about. He's going to play as a striker. And then I, like, looked him up and I'm like, this is not the same guy at all. This is not the same guy. This is not quad, quad woe Poku, right? What a name. Yeah, a Poku. Yeah, but they're both quad woe. It's quad yes. yes. Poku and quad Poku. Okay. Well, that's yes. an understandable mistake then. Yes. That makes yes. Sense. That checks out. Uh, man, I, I, I honestly, like, there was a time where he was just, like, a really hot property. And I think that a lot of clubs would have wanted him. I remember being, like, everybody being very surprised that he got sold to an NASL club. Like, that they, they couldn't find the uh, MLS buyer for him. Um, I man, that's say, crazy. I, that's a great I remember I want to say at one guy. point he got into, like, 24 under 24. Yeah, I think he probably did. He has five U.S. Open Cup goals. Really? That was probably where, like, the, yeah, a lot of the, yeah, I, the I mean, that status came from. That'll get you, yeah. Those expansions absolutely love that U.S. Open Cup. Yeah. Um, are the Atlanta right, Silverbacks still around? Quick. No, no. Uh, oh, I don't, I thought they dissolved back in like, 20 actually i think that's why he became a commodity i feel like the silverbacks dissolved like a year or two years before atlanta united i feel like that's a, maybe that could that's be, an, that could that's be an OG. i had i had i played in like a weird youth tournament and i won like a player of the game or something and my prize was a usl match ball that had the atlanta silverbacks logo on it there you go a classic fixture. I, uh, they became the first team to sell the rights to host a U.S. Open Cup match uh, when they did so to the Seattle Sounders in 2012. So there you go for, this, <laughs> for the Atlanta Silverbacks. There you go. Good. That's a thing. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I pulled them up here. Uh uh, here's a great thing from his Wikipedia. Silverbacks manager and technical director Eric Wynalda described Poku as one of the best players in the NASL, adding he might be too good for the MLS too. If that's not a classic Eric Wynalda kind of quote, I don't know what it is. Thank you for the <laughs> MLS, Eric Wynalda. And I guess Europa FC is a team in Gibraltar. So that really is pretty far flung down the, um, the, uh, <laughs> the leak metaphor there. Uh, wow. Um, all right. That's a great I guy. Th- we just remembered. I think Wrexham should sign him out of retirement. Wrexham get in there. He's just 31. <laughs> 
it's hanging out in Gibraltar, probably. I mean, Get it's it done, the, Rob. Yeah, it's Ryan. right. Right there, it's it's a sovereign state of the UK, right? That that should be easy to get him a get him a status and stuff in in for Wrexham, right? It, it may be. I have no idea if that's true. <laughs> <or not. laughs> not a clue. Uh, I thought Spain, maybe, 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 maybe the UK though. Uh, all right, let's talk about. Um, let's remember we got some remember of these guys' teams like right now. There's just like a whole lot of remember these guys on some of these teams that we're going to be talking about this week. Do you, uh, let's start with Chicago. Let's start with the Chicago Fire. Um, the Chicago Fire, you know, just sort of like as a, a general like history of the Chicago Fire, obviously came into the league quite a while ago. Uh, one of the first expansion teams, I believe. Is that probably fair to say? I think that's true. Um, I think they were the first round, and they won MLS Cup. Their first, they year. won MLS Cup and the Supporters Shield. I think just kind of came out. Or just I think US Open Bob Cup. Bradley, um, maybe uh, maybe Bob Bradley managed that club. Uh, I, I remember this. This was in like my sort of not paying that much attention to Major League Soccer time. Um, so I don't have a ton of personal memories about that. I remember they had some great players, Blanco. Um, that's about all. Like Jovan Karofsky, I think, was on that team. Maybe Brian McBride was there for a little bit too. Yeah, McBride. Um, Stoichkov. Stoichkov. I yep. mean, Kellen <laughs> Carr. There's that. Um, I can't remember Stoich- who wrote it, but there was that crazy article about Stoichkov doing preseason in like Fort Lauderdale or something. And he would just go fishing after practice every day. I and think was Stoichkov the guy that broke some kid's leg and like ended his career at like seventeen? I hope in like not. a preseason game. I hope not. Oh no! I think yeah, it was bad. Like there was a sick like he got sued basically for like career of that guy. Um, I should oh, wow. double check that before I don't want to sit there. That may not be true. Uh, <laughs> Alleg- allegedly, wow. allegedly, allegedly, allegedly true. Um, and this is the last uh, American Soccer Analysis podcast, as we will be sued for slander. You know what, man? Let's let's talk about the fire today. Let's talk about the fire today. Harrison, what do you what do you think of this team, man? So two two weeks ago, before we I think before we got off uh, on the podcast, I kind of shouted that one team was good and one team was was bad, and I was alluding that Chicago might be the good team. And in two weeks, uh, my opinions kind of changed. I, I don't think they're quite. Um, I don't think they're very good at all. Um, I thought there was some some maybe some perspective. Uh, spots on their team that could, you know, maybe pull them into a playoff spot. Um, at this point in time, I'm kind of down on them though. I, I really don't think that that's going to be the case. I thought, you know, maybe they might have, they have a young winger that uh, I'd butcher his name saying, so I won't, um, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. I thought Brian Gutierrez has been good. Um, they have some, they have some pieces on their team that I think could be really positive, but ultimately it, they have so many negative spots that it's just, I mean, Shakiri is just has not been good. Uh, I, yeah, he has moments of brilliance, and that's not to say that he's not like has these moments. It's like, oh my god, these it's that's Shakiri, and he's you know a Premier League and Bundesliga you know uh, star. But 
No, he he really hasn't been. Uh, no, aside Shakir, from these moments, Shakiri has been like a big letdown for them. Like yeah. I think, I think like Hendrickson did a pretty good job last year of like they really just don't have that much talent as a roster. Like I think they have interesting pieces that we'll talk about and I think are mm-hmm. are neat, but like they're not. If you if you kind of take away like the designated players and you look at the rest of their roster, you're not like, oh yeah, they're challenging or anything like that. No. But they have enough pieces that like if they hit on a DP, like they had a they had a Hanny Mukhtar. Like how different is their roster from Nashville's besides Mukhtar? Mm. And mm. the answer is like not that different. Uh, I feel like that's the. Di- I feel actually that is the the difference. I feel like their underlying players are are solid. Nashville's one to eighteen minus DPS are solid. Chicago's one through eighteen is really hit and miss. I think. I think like it. It's like maybe not the best comparison, but because like I think Nashville are like also play in a way of like, yeah, we just don't really lose that often. Um, but like, I do think there's like a template there for Chicago to be competitive. Like they're running a zero expected goal difference this year. I want to mm-hmm. say last year they were way better than their expected goal difference. Like I think last year they were also zero expected goal difference, but they were like minus 10 or 15. Cause Slanina was like not super interested in playing soccer at a high level last year. I don't know. Like I just, I, I they play like we always talk about like teams that are bad should just play like just play a basic four two three one and like be organized and like that's what Chicago do. It's like a very yeah. basic four two three one and they're very organized. And they just like don't really have a lot of match winners. But at the same time, they're like maybe slowly getting there. Like Kai Kamara is scoring goals. Maybe another thing to talk about that you're playing a thirty eight year old Kai Kamara every game. But <laughs> it really would be in a lot worse shape without him. No, yes. they would be like they would be in the mud. <laughs> yeah, can I? I want to. I want to give a take about the Chicago Fire that is not super analytically based. If that's okay, fire that off. Chicago Fire, uh, not as much this year necessarily, but for like the past few years, one hallmark of the Chicago Fire, I think is that it seems like at least once every game, someone does something so unbelievably stupid. And just just errors, just like brain-dead moments, just like just silly things. And that has just been a hallmark of this team to me for a couple years. Um, and I, I don't really know how to like we can measure that analytically with stats. Like, I guess somebody probably keeps up with like errors someplace. I think FB ref has that, but I don't know how accurate it is. Uh, but is that something you guys have noticed before? I do think they they're very weird. I was going to say, they have like, some young players on the back that do make some uh, egregious, mis- you know, mistakes from here from time to time that you don't see in other teams. Yeah. I think just it's just like, young players. It could just be young players. It could just be like they've had some pretty bad defenders. Um, I think this year they're okay. Like I, I you know, Chicago's doing a lot better this year than I thought they would be doing. And it's they, they have also been rocking like <laughs> yes, they have also been playing like teenage goalkeepers every year for like four seasons. Yeah, and and so like, that probably explains some of that. that yeah. Lots of weird stuff happens with really young goalkeepers. Yeah, um, you know, I. Uh, they have some like Chris Mueller, I think has been really good for them. 
uh, for the most part. I, I don't know that it's, I don't think that's where he would have wanted to have ended up, but but he seems to have put some bite in that attack pretty well. Gutierrez uh, has been decent. It, it's, um, I know you really like Fabian Herbers, uh, yeah. Harrison. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, are you a fan? I like Herbers too. Yeah, well, yeah. Herbers, it's funny because he didn't start the first few games of the season and kind of sat on the bench, and now he's kind of come on, and I feel like he's added something to that lineup. Um, he's like, He's done a really interesting thing where he started off as like, this is a striker. And then they were like, "Mm, this is a winger. And now they're like, "Mm, (laughs) this is a center midfielder. And so he's going to be a goalkeeper in like three years. (laughs) And maybe that's what Chicago need. I I think he's a pretty solid, like number eight type player. Um, I I think that he has a lot of qualities that just kind of, he's a, so we were talking about them making mistakes. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes on the ball. And I think that, that kind of uh, showcases him to be a really positive player. G plus really liked him uh, what last year or two years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, he has a lot of, a lot of aspects of his game that overall that we like. And I think that it's all kind of rooted there in not making mistakes, but he also has the ability to kind of deliver a couple of final balls that uh, that I don't think anybody else on that team really has. Um, well, you know, minus the guy that they're paying, what, like $6 million to every year uh, to occasionally kick a ball. Really the power well. cube. <laughs> yeah. my, my, like, my sneak, like, pet player on this team is uh, Pineda. Who they drafted? Yeah, so they drafted him two years ago from UNC, mm-hmm. and he's like, he's not amazing, but he's just like a pretty smart player who can like play in a bunch of different positions. And I was like, TFC should definitely draft this guy. It was like one year where I got really into college soccer, and I was like, they should definitely draft this guy. And I didn't know that the Fire had his homegrown rights, and they ended up using them, like drafting him and then signing him to a homegrown deal anyway, which I don't really understand how that works. But I've never understood that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he like has played a decent amount. Sometimes he plays as a center back. Sometimes he plays as a fullback. Sometimes he plays as a six. And he's just like solid. He's getting paid a decent amount now, which I like. But he's just like a well-rounded, good squad player, which I think is yeah. like those are hard to find sometimes. A Brad Evans type, maybe not quite as good, but a Brad yeah, Evans maybe, type. Yeah, yeah, not quite as good, but like he's just solid. Like he's played seven thousand MLS minutes, and he's twenty-five and. He'll play for the fire for his whole career and he'll make two to three hundred thousand dollars a year for his whole career. Like he's just a good tenth to fifteenth best player on your team. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean in in on a playoff team. Not yeah, just like, on the Chicago. Yeah, no, no, like I I think yeah. he could play I think he could play for like he would be a good squad player for teams better than Chicago, yes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um I don't what do you guys think about um uh like what do you think about what's gone on there that seemed like a really good fit to me for some reason uh when it happened and i Shibilko? think yeah Shibilko. um i forget the correct way yeah that was me Shibilko is correct i'm glad you actually have this one right casper <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> yeah, yeah. uh good player for philadelphia i thought uh you know and this is just kind of you know i think he just just not that guy right for them. That's been a disappointment, I, I would say. I'm glad you kind of went down this road because I, I did want to talk about this. I don't feel like Chicago's 
picks and maybe I'm repeating myself at this point in time, but I don't feel like they have made a lot of bad moves. I feel like a lot of their moves are good moves that in, in silos that just haven't worked out. And this is kind of maybe your cornerstone case of this was a really good move that just hasn't worked out. And he hasn't been nearly as bad as what he was last year. Last uh-huh. year, he was just a black hole uh, at that number nine spot. But this year, he's he's doing a little bit better. But still, I mean, again, like you guys said, Kai Kamara is kind of coming up. And when you have a 38-year-old who uh, is a journeyman and can't necessarily you know, find his way on to a second year of any team taking your job, I mean, that's probably not a great sign. Yeah, he, he's got – it's, like, weird to look at his numbers compared to Philly, where, like, Philly, he scored a lot of goals. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, broadly in terms of underlings, like, there's not really any difference between his um, his XG and XA at Philly and at Chicago. It's mostly just a minutes thing. Like, in two seasons in Chicago, he's played 2190s. And scored seven goals, which is like not great. And he and he's a little bit behind his XG on that. Like he's got seven from like nine or ten XG or something like that. But in Philly, he like scored thirty-five in like seventy nineties. Which is like, okay, it's a little bit better, but it's one of those things where like maybe if he just plays a little bit more. But you're also getting to a point where like he's thirty. And like what how much more are you gonna get out of that guy? This is a team for me, and again, I'm kind of getting off the, the analytics space here, that feels like more than any other team, like if you could turn the team off for like a year and then turn them back on again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. So you know what? This is a, actually, this is a really good point, and I wanted to talk about this for a while with MLS. There are so many teams in MLS that if the super draft was like actually a really good way to recruit talent, that tanking for a year to rebuild would be so smart. Yeah. And I think Chicago are one of them. Like you are absolutely right. They have so many weird players. They have such a weird distribution of ages where like they have an age profile of a team who should be at the peak of their competition. Like they've got 38 year olds, 30, their starting center back is 32. Their starting 10 is 31. Their DP is 31. Their full starting fullback is 31. Uh, Prisbilko is 30. Herbers is 30, which is weird to say. But then they have like this nice peak set of talent in Miller and, and Pineda, Navarro, and Hela Selassie. But then they also have young players coming through. Like they're very well balanced from an age profile, but for where they are competitively, like, it doesn't make any sense for them to be very balanced from an age profile. Like they should not be giving this many minutes to 30 year olds to have a zero expectable difference and not make the playoffs every year. Mm-hmm. Like turn, like just dump it in a world where like soccer, when Benyama was coming into the super draft, right. Like whatever, whatever <laughs> like younger Mbappe, Mbappe 2.0 was at like Creighton right now. <laughs> it, would, it would be the perfect one. You'd like trade push Bilko to like, LAFC or something, you'd send, you'd sit Shakiri out for a year. Uh, she, I don't know how to say his name. She host, she host, mm-hmm. go to somebody yeah. who's desperate for a center back. Kai Kamara, you'd trade him for like two second round picks. But this is what it, what it would be. You would just like dump all these 30 year old guys. You'd play 
like Javier Casas and Moniz and Aceves and all these. Carlos Tehran, actually, I, I like people seem I, really into. I kind of am into him too. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, but I just I, I like the I, I feel like they're. I normally I would say pick a direction because they're like not really going in any direction. But in MLS, there's like not really an incentive to pick the down direction ever. Be, unless you're like Dallas and have lots of homegrown kids, but like I don't think Chicago have lots of homegrown kids. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Plus, with Chicago, there's this whole like that's a big market, Chicago, <laughs> and they just don't seem to have that much interest locally. It's um, a big, it's mind. a big market. They get eight thousand people inside Soldier Field. I mean, they're are they still. Where are they playing now? Are they there? Soldier, Soldier Field. Field. Soldier Field. Yeah, that's yeah. good. They finally got there. Yeah. So like the, um, yeah. I, this is what I mean. Like just think, and they did the rebrand, and it just was like it went over like like it's just you know it just crashed. Like people hated it. <laughs> like I don't know. Turn them off and turn them back on again. Uh, it should be said they have a very good analytics base there. Uh, one of our friends, um, you know, is a brilliant guy. So, you know, like they're in good position there. Um, I don't know. Um, it, it's, it's a weird project. It's hard to see like the roadmap and, and what that looks like. And I, you know, I have to assume that they have one um, and hopefully I, they listen to them. I will just say, you know, going back and if we rewind where they are at about two, three years ago, as they're going into soldier field, this was one of the things that they're talking about was how dense, uh, their cap was and how much problem, how many problems they were having with the long-term uh, financials of this team. And that mm-hmm. is one thing that, as Kieran just mentioned, like this is really they're they're downward trending with their, with their squad. You know, they're getting younger. They're, they're bringing in younger players. Um, I think that in the next couple of years, if you were to inject a good DP into this, and I don't know necessarily what their situation is with their with their designated players off the top of my head, but I think that if if they're br- able to bring in somebody, a young you know uh, Mexican national team player, or they're able to bring in you know somebody that's going to you know bring in some some heft uh, for the crowds, I they and not just for the crowds, but also for this team that number ten, that number nine. I think they have all the other pieces. I think all they need is just to find that number nine and number 10 that are actually going to start scoring goals. They're not a bad defensive team as, as you know, we talked about there just play that four, two, three, one normal, rigid, you know, conservative play. They just need somebody to, to kind of transition for them. And I think in the next couple of years that they could find that who knows, maybe they, they make some big moves this, this window. I don't expect that, but you know, who knows? Yeah. I just think they've got kind of a weird ownership situation too. I know every Chicago Fire fan I know is just very anti <laughs> that whole regime at this point. Um, so I, I don't know. It feels like just like fundamental changes probably need to be made, and I don't think they're going to be made super quickly. Can, um, can I make Can I make the optimist's case for the fire? Yeah, absolutely. So I think like I think you're right, Harrison, that they're. I don't want to say they're like one piece away, but they like could be they could be one piece away from being like one or two. good. Yeah. Being good, not being like win the league, but like yes. being a being a six seed instead of a ten seed or something. 
And I think that the players like probably a winger, like Hila Selassie is really neat. And like in theory, Jimenez, Trickery, Hila Selassie is cool. The optimist case for me is the schedule. So like they're at zero expected goal difference so far. They've got 11 points from nine games. But so far they've played New York, Philly, Cincy, Miami, D.C., Minnesota, Philly again, Atlanta, Red Bull. There's like no bad teams in there except for D.C. Yeah. Well, so the like, counter to that, the counter to that is that Philly's they've what they played Philly twice, right? Yes. And Philly's in the CCL. And You're not wrong. You're not playing open comp. So, I mean, you're getting the bottom of Philly's roster right now. I mean, Philly's Philly's tied with them on points right now. So, yeah, again, but like we said last year, right? Like Seattle, oh, once once CCL's over, they're going to come back. And I think it is like, I don't think it's a given that like teams are going to finish their CCL run and come back. Like it is so taxing. And not just yeah. physically, but also emotionally. Like it's very difficult to come back to the the hoes and hums. I think they'll be okay because they haven't won an MLS Cup yet. So like that drive is there. But like you look at their schedule for the rest of the season on the Chicago front, like they play Montreal two more times. They play Charlotte two times in there. Right. Mm-hmm. Like their their schedule is not they still have SKC on the and Portland in the West. Like they're not, they're unfortunate that the East is actually quite strong this year. So like they get, and they're close to like lots of good East teams. Yeah, so that's, not that's in a great fair. Spot. But it, it it is what it is. But like I think they have played a lot of hard games so far. Yeah. Well, the and the other side of it is that it they're all together, right? You look at uh, Columbus, DC, Orlando, Toronto, Chicago. Uh, Miami, Philadelphia, you know, they're all kind of scrunched in there to where you could, you could kind of squint your eyes and throw, you know, darts and say, you know, who's going to make the playoffs out of that grouping. Uh, I don't think Chicago has the differentiator to on the attack to really do that. But anyways, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's leave uh, the windy city. Let's move a little further out West to the salty city. Um, this salty city. I think that's what they call it. Probably. Uh, probably. Uh, let's talk about some Real Salt Lake. Uh, Pablo Mastriani, uh, the poster child of we don't we don't want to talk about the stats. Uh, the human spirit will triumph every time. How's the human spirit doing, guys? Oh no, I forgot. The, no, one last Chicago thing. I totally forgot. I'm so sorry. Oh goodness. Okay. okay. Do you want to be an egg or a potato? Oh, how did we not do the egg or the potato thing? So I was going to leave with the egg I, or potato. I'm so glad that we that we skipped it, but go ahead. Let's we'll is go back. Is there coaches it. saying that publicly? What is this guy saying privately? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I had to get it off my chest. I mean, you know, get in the water there. RSL. Uh, are RSL an egg or a potato, Karen? Definitely an egg. Definitely. definitely. They definitely are harder to play against when the things are going tough. When the things are going tough. I mean, that's his whole, I actually that is his whole okay. shtick. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, RSL, very uh, underwhelming season so far, I think. We're starting to see a little bit of them peeking out. Um, this is a team that has had some 
it's been a messy, been a messy situation there at Real Salt Lake for a little while now. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really have a ton to say about RSL. Uh, they're a team that is can be difficult to beat at home. Uh, they are a team that has several players. Uh, they, um, they have one of the best center backs in the league, and Justin Glad. I think they do, it, they do indeed have several players. That is, factual. they have several it's other very, players. Very astute, yes, yes. Uh, they got a, they got a, a Jefferson Savarino. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I I was really hard on Jefferson Savarino a couple years ago when he left before he went down to play in uh, Brazil and. His return, um, just in G-plus terms, has been a little bit more positive. But overall, with the XG, we're seeing a lot more return, a lot more bang for our buck with it, with him. And yeah. I think that you're seeing him now at 26 be much more mature on the ball. And he's a difference, play, uh, difference maker for this team that we saw in peaks and in small windows. And he's much more rounded. His game is much, is much more refined at this stage. And I think that that is something that RSL has greatly needed. And I think that that's partly why they move on from Justin Miram. Uh, if Savarino can continue to stay healthy along with, uh, all their other different pieces, uh, that they have, uh, you know, uh, Carlos Gomez that they, they have, I don't, I don't think he goes by Carlos Gomez though. Uh, that's what he's listed as, uh, in, in reference, but uh, I think it's uh, Andres Gomez. Andres Gomez, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's been fa- fantastic. So they've they've had two dynamic wing play uh, overall in the last five games. They've taken ten points. Uh, you know what? I think that this is a team. Um, it, over that span of five games, they have the third highest uh, xG uh, goal difference. Um, I honestly, I have a lot of, I have a lot of positive things about RSL and where they're trending right now. I think that there's a lot of things to like, I think right now. Interesting. Our, our, uh, our friend Dimitri from, uh, who's an ASA patron. Uh, he's has this like bot. He made a a stats bot that tweets out graphics and stuff. And he has a, uh, he made a little model that makes a team of the week and team of the month for different leagues. And Jefferson Taverina was in the MLS team of the month this week, this month. So was Kai Kamara actually. Um, I was surprised, which I was surprised because like, again, RSL, I think are very much one of those teams that have like fallen out of the main public eye, which is like kind of a terrible thing to say, but is also just true. Um, but you're, I, to- I totally agree. I think they have some neat pieces. I think they are in the same vein as the fire where like, they're sneakily older than you think. Um, like Oviedo uh-huh. is very old. Uh, Marcelo <laughs> is very old. Zach McMath is in his thirties. A lot of their like better players are PK. Like, okay. Justin Glad is like 26 and Severino's 26, but they're like 26, not 24. At some point, this team like kind of has to make a move with this core or they have to like refresh using this core as assets i'm quite curious now that they've got they got bought by um by blitzer the guy who owns the new jersey devils and i think he owns crystal palace as well um and now he owns the new utah and the team and he said when they bought the end team that like oh yeah we're actually going to be pretty interested in analytics and i think they're one of the clubs that people have been like oh we actually have people working now um yeah since the we have seen some people mm-hmm. 
So I'm pretty curious to see where they're going uh, in terms of acquisition stuff. One one thing in that vein, though. Well, one that they they haven't, and they just locked Demir Krylik up for another season. They signed him to a a contract extension. He's another. He's another sneaky old one, though, right? Yeah, he's he's, yeah because he's 34. Yeah, 30 or 35. Yeah, uh, he's. Like he, I think this is his thirty-five season. I think the third third's thirty-five sometime this season. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting that they and he's had some health problems the last uh, like eighteen months. So it's kind of interesting that they signed him to an extension. It's very obvious that they want to try to keep him around for another year and change, uh, probably to help that transition of that because he is considered the captain of that team. So mm-hmm. it'll be kind of interesting to see what that transition looks like with him being involved. You know, I'd like to see. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was just going to say like, do you think um, RSL, like this is a team for me, like that just, I don't know. Like they're they don't have what a weird what a weird way to say it. they don't have the juice. <laughs> Is that a weird way to say it? Like I just don't like I I see like they have this kind of thing. Like they're not super young. Like you said. Like I don't I don't really know. Like is there a good like prospect on RSL that I'm missing? Well, um, it, it, it's, this is actually very funny because I was going to say you know who I want to see play a lot more is yeah. Diego Luna. Okay, who, who like, Luna, is yeah. the prospect? Yeah, he's nineteen. Right. Yeah. Well, and Andre Andres Gomez is twenty. That they just signed. Yes. What he, yes. they signed him to a young DP deal or or mm-hmm. a young player mm-hmm. deal or U twenty two or something. U twenty two, yeah. Uh, who they got? Uh, who's also going already been showing really pro, uh, promising. So uh, they have uh, Moses Nyman as well, who's nineteen still, um, who feels like he's been in MLS for like twenty years. Yeah, he does feel like he's been in plus for like twenty. Years. When did RSL get Nyman from DC? When did that happen? Not sure. I do not recall. Yeah. They also have. I don't. Th- I don't know if he's on a first team deal or if he's just on a second team deal. But um, Axel Kai as well is like. Oh, that's right. So young, like disgustingly young. Um, I don't know. They they got a lot. They got a lot of. They got a lot of pieces, but I think. It is kind of push the roster. To me, the thing that I just don't understand is like I don't really get what they're trying to do. So like when I look at the players they get and like the players they extend and the players they keep, like I just don't see what the overarching principle, I guess, is. Like at least when we talk about, I don't know, Toronto or something. Like I look at all of Toronto's recruitment and I'm like, even when the recruitment's not that good, I can see like all these players you're getting are supposed to play the same way. Like CJ Sapong is going to hold the ball up and he's going to run into the box. He's going to finish the chances all the Italians get for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which like he did. So like good for him. Um, but, but I look at RSL and I'm like, you have all these fun wingers and you've got like a pretty rangy center back and Justin glad. And then it's like, we're going to play four, four, two. And, like, to be fair, if you look over, like, the last four games, they're, I don't know, they're, like, plus four expected goals over those four games. Two wins, one draw, one loss against, like, not great teams, but not terrible teams. And How many home games have they had in that last four games? Three, admittedly. 
Yeah. Fun stat that was in in the the Patreon today: MLS home teams have won exactly as many games as MLS away teams this year. There you go. I think RSL is a very home homey team, though, right? Like, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, because of the weather. I think they're. I think they have probably. I haven't looked into this, so I'm totally speaking out of my rear end. But I would. I would guesstimate that they are probably have some of the biggest stats from uh, home to road uh, splits out there. I, I actually read that's that wrong. They have exactly half of, they've won half of the games, not half of the wins. Half the wins. That. Okay. That makes a little more sense. I was going to be very surprised. Makes much more sense. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, guys, like, I don't know. Like, like they, they're just like some guys, right? Like, like Rubio Rubin, like, like that's a guy they have. That's a guy that they have. That's a guy that has like 500 minutes this year. And I mean, I he's, 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 I don't think he's, he's mildly, he's mildly interesting in, in yeah. or at least was at some point in time in the landscape of American soccer, but he hasn't ever really like, fully come along and the same with uh anderson julio when they brought him in he was he was a kid that had a lot of talent but it's kind of looking like he has a lot of speed that i mean if you stand him up really all of a sudden uh doesn't have a lot going on for him uh so yeah i it, it, it there's some real questions on this team in terms of like where do they go like how do they like adjust and you know i'm a little bit sad because they got my boy danny Miskowski, what? Uh, yeah, yeah, Miskowski. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't say I couldn't say it after I called him my guy. I just stumbled <laughs> all guy. over his name. Your I was trying to do it. Just tripped over every syllable. Yeah, yeah. Damn, I, I do. I do, I do wonder. I do wonder if RSL, like, if they just. We've been talking a lot about coaches on ASA Slack, and there might be some interesting stuff that comes out eventually from that. But like, at what point? Do you just like hire a coach who like actually wants to play with the ball? Like we saw the video today. I don't know if you guys saw the video today that came out. Yeah, Uh, and it's just he's like not coaching. He's screaming. He's not. He's just like yelling, like dropping f bombs and yelling like "Go press." And okay, they're not going to show when he like has the conversation with the left back, and he's like, "Okay, so you have to fix this position." Like that's not going to happen. But like I don't know. I, I feel like there is. I think there is more like low hanging fruit for RSL for improvement than there is for Chicago, even though these teams I think are like relatively equivalent. Do you remember they had a they, at the beginning of the year they traded Aaron Herrera, right? Yeah, to Montreal. To, to Montreal, that was a weird one to me. I, I never really understood that move. That um, was a money thing, I think. Yeah, they got like five hundred k and like a first round pick. Yeah, I think his next contract is going to be sizable. Yeah. Or, or he's going to walk from Montreal, which, probably. as we have seen with defenders in Montreal, is very possible. Very plausible that that's just what they're going to do. Montreal case, trade, why did Montreal make that trade? <laughs> Montreal will trade Aaron Herrera to New York City <laughs> FC for, uh, I don't know, for Keaton Parks. No, that would be a good trade. Never mind. That's a bad example. <laughs> they would I really well, yeah. I, yeah, but I don't know if they really need. Do they need Keaton Parks at this? At this no, we're not even going there. We're not. We're not even we're going back into twenty more minutes on the trade. We're not. Okay. Right. We can't do it. We can't do yeah. it. We don't got um, time. All right. So, 
yeah. So overall, like, let's let's just give a basic um, sort of. Uh, you guys seem like you have a little bit of hope for for RSL here going forward. I think I think the West is like kind of weak this year. Like, I I really don't think the West is super strong. Yeah, outside and, of like and- the top two and three. Yeah, like uh, they're tenth, but they're three points from sixth. Yeah, and like the teams above them are like Portland, and this, like there, there's just I, I don't think the West is strong, and I think there's lots of room for growth. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I, yeah. And you know, I'm gonna go the uh, I'm gonna go the reverse of Kieran was hopeful about being one guy away for Chicago, and I don't think necessarily Real Salt Lake is going to be a team that splashes in any type of window. But I think, like realistically, they just have to find one guy that's going to work at that nine, like. Yeah, and not in a great way, but just in some semblance of a either he can hold up or do something to like, add like some say, value. Say Sergio Cordova. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whoops. Um, <laughs> whoops. Um, yeah. Look, I think they're one piece away. I think that they're a playoff team right now with their d- defense. I think they're one team away from really causing some some problems in the postseason. I like it. All right, guys, let's do trivia. We do indeed have trivia. I got to say, these teams were really hard to write trivia about. (laughs) Uh, Okay, well, we know how it goes. There's six questions. Uh, I believe Harrison won again last week. Maybe No, I haven't won this year at all. We had a draw. I'm going to keep saying I think Harrison won last week until it's true. He crushed Um, me so so thoroughly last year yeah so so ian you're up which of the six questions would you like three rsl three chicago give me number six okay oh this is this is a peak remember that guy question and i'm glad his name didn't come up today there's your little hint all right all right now applying his trade for third placed aek larnatsa in the cypriot first division cypriot first division cyprus whatever this player occupies three of the four highest XG plus XA Chicago Fire seasons in the ASA data set. The fourth season is occupied by trivia favorite Mike McGee. Name this player. Oh, man. Um, ASA data set is 2013 to present. Is it, uh, it Nikolic? It is indeed Nemanja Nikolic. All right, wow. nice. Yeah, he was good. He, he was really good for Chicago. He man. was. He is. He well. He is coming off the bench in Cyprus, where a number. Don't know what happened there. Ago. Do not know what happened there. All right, <laughs> all right, Harrison, you are up. Go with number four, sir. Okay. Uh, the Fire have been one of the less prodigious of uh, academy promoter clubs with lots of homegrowns and that sort of thing. Um, However, two of their homegrown players, remembering that the homegrown player rule started in 2012, have gone on to become full U.S. internationals. Name both of them, please. Holy I'll give crap. you one point per, one point per oh, name. Holy smokes. Uh, fire, fire, fire. Fire guy. Uh, I don't remember them go, be trading Jordan Morris to the Seattle Sounders, uh, but that sounds accurate. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, oh, no. <laughs> uh, 
uh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to be giggling about that one for a while. I, 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 I have to pass. I cannot think of anybody for, for some reason. Uh, Ian, would, Ian, would you like to steal them? Uh, Jordy, right? That's one of them. Oh, <sighs> say, hold and on. Say the, say the name. Say the name again. Uh, Jordy Mihalovich, didn't he there get a US okay. Yes, yes, yes he did. Yes, yes, the, it's the goalkeeper, right? Slonina. Yeah, that is correct. Three. Those are the two, okay. indeed. Yeah. All right. Has, three has, has he made his? Both of them have made their debut for the. I mean, I know Milovic made a debut. He has yeah, what two caps? George, George, George has like seven or eight caps now, and Slonina played one. Uh, I think I didn't think oh, he no, had Slonina played, played against Serbia like a couple like couple of weeks ago or whatever. Oh. Uh, Oh yeah. my bad! Yeah. I thought I thought he hadn't played yet, and uh, I just totally forgot about Jordy. I'm not going to even lie; I just completely like brain dumped uh, that one. Cool. All right. Well, Ian, would you like to further extend your stranglehold on the scoreboard at three 0 Give me number two. Okay, um, Nick Romando was named mm-hmm. RSL's Player of the Season in 2007 after he had 12 and 13 save performances against TFC in New England. Um, following a trade from D.C. that summer. I had no idea that Nick Armando played for anybody other than RSL in his whole career. What other D.C. player joined him at RSL in this trade? Uh, was it um, Saborio? Or did that go the other way? I think that went the other way. He was not involved way. in this particular transaction, at least mm. heading to RSL. I don't know. Harrison, would you like to steal? Traded from DC United to RSL in the summer, well, in the offseason preceding the 2007 MLS season. That was uh, the year RSL was an expansion team. Is that correct? Uh, maybe. Can I confirm or deny? I think okay. they might have been there a few seasons before that. Okay. All right. Uh I can't name it. No, I cannot. I don't want the points, but can I get can I give it another shot? Absolutely. It was uh, it was Freddie Adu, right? It was indeed Freddie Adu. Oh okay. man, I yeah. forgot. He would have been right about that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot. I, <laughs> I did not realize he went to RSL. I still Bro, don't understand. He played. That's a good I piece s- of trivia. I, I don't understand how he got traded with an MLS and like wasn't sold for like a couple million dollars at the time, but. His career is just a very confusing. Yes, it's an extremely. It's like, that's like the career. fourth. That's like the fourth time he's been in one of our trivia questions tangentially. Yeah. All right, Harrison, you can come back here. It is only three, and there are three left on the board. Three. Uh, question number three. Then let's do it. Question number three: RSL homegrown and Wunderkind phenom Axel Kai made his Real Monarchs debut in October 2021 against the Colorado Spring Switchbacks. Uh, becoming the youngest ever pro in North American team sport history. This is our over-under question. Harrison, you can either set the line or you can have Ian set it to tell me exactly how old he was on his debut. Years, months, and days. So you can either set the line or have Ian set it for you and then guess over-under. Um, I'm going to set the line at 14 years Five months, six days. Okay. Ian, was he older or younger than 14 years, five months, six days? 
when he debuted for he debuted for Real Monarchs October 2021. He was younger, right? He was indeed younger. He was 13 years, eight months, and nine days. Oh, I thought he was um, 13 years old. Yeah, 13 years old. I didn't think he was 13. <laughs> 13. Damn Playing against yeah. men. Because he was like he was like 14 or 15 when he debuted for the, or, for the yeah, first okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I thought, yeah, okay. Like, right. like he yeah. is still now, like he is not 16 years old yet. Like he probably just turned That's 15. insane. Yeah, he's with us. Wow. <laughs> Him yeah. and a Jew. Look at that. RSL, yeah. man. Just very, young. very young gentleman. Uh, Ian, you have number one and number five available to you. Give me number one. Okay. Uh, this is a good one because, Harrison, you can steal two points on this question. So, Real Salt Lake have had seven players ever score double-digit goals in a season. So, ten or more. I want you guys to go back and forth, naming the players who have scored ten goals or more in a season for RSL until one of you gets one wrong, and whoever doesn't get the one wrong wins both points. So, there are seven players to score ten or more, including penalties on this, including penalties. So, Ian, you are up. Give me an RSL player to score... 10 goals or more in an MLS season. All seasons, not just uh, ASA database. Uh, Javier Morales. That mm. is... I'm going to pause. I, I don't think that's I correct. Have, I don't think it is correct. I don't have it on... No, it's definitely not correct. It's not correct. Because I have players pre-ASA database in here, so I definitely checked all the years. No, Javier uh. Morales. Can I, can I, I can name I can name four I can name four I can name go four for go for it go for it, it. Krylak Plata yes. Sabarillo yes. and uh, and, and Rusniak. Yes, there's absolutely four there. Do you do you want to take a, a guess at the other three? One of them you should know for sure. Oh, is it uh, Jefferson Savarino? No, there is Jeff Cunningham, Fabian Espindola, and Robbie Finley. Oh, Cunningham! Robbie I know. <laughs> You tell me Javier Morales never put in 10 goals in one season? No, he probably, he probably had like nine and like nine assists or something like that. Wow. He did have nine. Wow. Uh, uh, 20, his last year, he had nine goals. I want to say his last year, he had nine goals. I am well, stunned. Stunned Harrison, by this, folks. You, you have a chance to draw. A miraculous draw it would be because it's 4-2. The last question is... Another over under question. I don't know why I put two in. Normally I don't. So you have a 50 50 shot here. Okay. Drawing the game. Unbelievable. Okay. Often confused with a long running television show of the same name <laughs> with a Google search in incognito, because I wanted to make sure that my soccer tendencies did not influence this. How many entries on the Google search page? Are there before you reach an actual reference to the Chicago Fire? (laughs) Ian, I need you to set the line. Okay. Uh... (laughs) There is, of course, a one in a one in ten chance that Ian gets it. So, So, is it? (laughs) 
Is it a reference? Is it their official site or just any mention of the Chicago any fire? Any mention of the Chicago fire. So like, so that is actually them. So like a social media profile of the soccer team would count. Okay. Uh, how? Uh, hmm. Okay. There, well, are, ten, I, there I, are 10 I, entries on a page. All right. I think. Framing. I'm going to set the line at two. I think it's two, probably. I think it's just the second one. Harrison, is it more? Oh, it's so way, it's more, it's more, it's more. Would you like to guess a number? I, I would guess uh, 12. Well, there's only 10, so I'm just going to take more. Okay. <laughs> you, are, you, are, you are correct, and you get your draw of 4-4. Four, four. Oh. The, the answer is four, and it is the Chicago Fire Twitter. And bef- and it takes you to the second page of results before you get the Chicago Fire website. <laughs> uh, just just yeah. turn it off and back on again. I, I think I think you get the IMDb, the Wikipedia, the NBC website, and then the Chicago Fire wow. Twitter. <laughs> uh, that was a good question. Well, well I am four four draw. I, I I was I had such a commanding lead. I'm really disappointed. Javier you Morales, did. man, it's gonna haunt me. It's gonna haunt me. I'm going to spin the wheel. (laughs) Spin that wheel. All right, let's get somebody fun. We haven't had fun teams in a while. Oh, I'm so happy. We have the fighting backpassers, St. Louis. Oh, good. Good, good. And our second team. St. Louis are in a tough spot. We're going to get to talk and maybe make some fans. Oh, great. The frauds are joining the frauds. Austin FC. No way. Oh, my God. The hot what take a, episode of the year coming oh, forward. This is going to be our most listened to episode ever. This is going to be our most angriest episode ever. Yeah. Um, all right. Perfect. Uh, thank you, Kieran. Thank you, uh, Harrison. Uh, you can find Kieran on Twitter at Kier Doyle, K-I-E-R Doyle. Uh, standard spelling on Doyle. You can find Harrison on Twitter at Harrison underscore Crow. Uh, find me on Twitter at a handle for Ian. Um, arguing with Rexham fans, if that's what you want to do. Uh, Please follow American Soccer Analysis on Twitter. That is at Analysis Evolved. And visit the website, www.americansocceranalysis.com. Analytics tier list. Anonymous analytics survey up there right now. You got to read them. Uh, It's what every single person in America is going to be talking about for the next probably six or seven months, I'd imagine. Uh, It's that important. Uh, But yeah, please check that out. Uh, If you uh, like American Soccer Analysis, look at the data all the time enjoy the show, enjoy the articles, and you want to find a fun way to support us, uh, we could always use the help. Our server costs just keep getting higher and higher, which is great because it means more people are, are, are interested, uh, but bad because it means that we uh, are losing more and more money. Uh, you can uh, go to patreon.com slash American Soccer Analysis. There's only one tier there. It's $5 a month. That's all we're asking. That will get you access to our Patreon-only Discord. Uh, really fun place. Really smart people in there and talking about soccer uh, while they're supposed to be working at their office jobs, probably. Uh, which is fine. And uh, I think it's a lot of fun uh, to do that. So that's a great way to support us. Uh, You can interact with us, interact with, with other people. It's great. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We appreciate it. We will see you in a couple weeks until then. Enjoy the soccer.